Welcome back, Strange Crew. You are tuned into another trip through life's deep cuts. We hope you enjoy the ride. listening to volume 94 of the Strange Cruise podcast. I'm Sharice Letson. I'm Kate Milbury. And before we bring you our chat with Brent Mason about his upcoming Bob Dylan birthday bash at the Imperial Theatre, we'd like to give a special shout out to our Patreon supporters. Mary Hicks, Chuck Healy, John Roberts, Corey McGill, Kristen Monroe, Colin Walshutes, Michael Hawkins, Kaylin Capson, and... Matt, Matt Letson. Yay! Thank you guys so much for your support. We wouldn't be on the air right now. You wouldn't hear our beautiful, heavenly, angelic voices right now if it wasn't for these incredible patrons and for the hustle and bustle of the two of us, of course. Basically. Um, so we got some exciting news coming up on, yes. on the Patreon front. Yeah, I mean, if you follow us here, if you're listening to our show, you probably see that sometimes, you know, we act a, a little bit silly and, you know, we, we're always trying to come up with things that we, you know, we'll, we, we feel we'll put a smile on the strange crew's face or have them, you know, be able to be involved and, and keep us all connected. Um, and over the next couple of weeks, we'll be, you know, opening up a couple new Patreon packages with some fun, I don't know, little surprises, you know. <laughs> I mean, I will certainly be getting one just because, not because I'm, you know, that much of a narcissist, but I just think it'll be beautiful. And we've been working with some folks uh, who are super talented to kind of, you know, create some of these um beautiful surprises um so yeah you'll definitely have to check it out um one thing about our patreon um we again wouldn't be obviously recording the show um without it um but obviously we have some goals coming up and you know we have some fundraising that we want to do and and that's a big part of it so we really do appreciate everybody who listens to the show who shares our show who you know gives us you know even two bucks a month it truly does help and the really cool thing about Patreon is, you know, it's helping support other artists. It helps people connect. Um, we have lots of, you know, behind the scenes material that you can access back there. There's fun rewards that you can have that make it, you know, VIP. Um, and the other thing is, if um, if you want to sign up for one of our packages and then cancel, we're not going to be mad. No, no, hell, we'll give you props just for helping support us. If you want to help with Toonie Tunes, a coffee a month, again, we're very mega appreciative. So thank you, everyone who listens to the show. Um, we're really excited to be chatting with uh, Brent Mason tonight and look forward to bringing you the interview. Here it is. Brent Mason. Howdy. Thank you for joining us. Uh, my pleasure, and I couldn't mean more that more. I truly am grateful. Thanks. It's, Thanks. It's, it's so great to see you again yeah, in yeah. person. What's it been? A year? It's over been, a year. Year and a half. Over a year, yeah. Yeah, it was like a probably a year and three or four months. Yeah. Something like that. I Since feel. the episode we did with you, and I think we saw you uh, when... Um, Acoustics for Santos, that yeah. event happened. Right. We saw yeah. Brandy yeah. briefly there. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Well, we're here. Uh, you join us today to talk about um, a special occasion that's coming up. Yeah. Um, as I said before, we hit record a day that is holier than the Sabbath. <laughs> for, for many of us. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Ironic that he's Jewish and you say that. <laughs> I love, I love. Um, Bob Dylan's 80th birthday. Is it's coming up? What a thing to say! His He's 80. eighty. It's crazy, eh? Yeah, I, yeah. It is coming up, and it's that to, to say eighty. You know, when I hear, I'm deviating already. You know, but but when I hear him sing, his early those early folky song, you know, girl from the North Country, and these songs from those early albums, he seemed eighty then to me in a way. The 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 
just the the gravitas and the the weight of what what he how he delivered it even in that voice it wasn't it was never a young voice you know what I mean but, yeah but to have him be 80 like man yeah it's pretty yeah I, I don't I it's like a big it's something to celebrate but it's also it makes me sad at the same time yeah because he's getting up there like a lot of our you know our favorite artists but to you know 80 <laughs> yeah a lot it, of them are in their 70s now and yeah. you're like okay like you know they're all still going but he's 80 <laughs> yeah and 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 he's bob he's, he's he's bobby he's still bobby dylan he's still like i think what i was trying to say a minute ago was he's he's to me he's kind of frozen in, in time in mm-hmm. the sense of how i almost even see him visually but but just in terms of what the the the, the catalog of work seems to be of one or one I, I don't know what, what I mean by it. it's a, there's a continuum to it that doesn't have a chronology to it in a way to me like it's it, it's um, it's like a painting right or something where you would look at all the little bits of the painting and see different things but the whole doesn't seem to have any any linearity to it if that makes any sense someone told me once um, a couple of times actually that sometimes when artists hit over 66 that you can start to notice that they age because they'll be trying to perform what they did when they were younger. But maybe like it's almost mm. like he's not hit that threshold. He just he continues on in that same, you know, whether it be 30, 40, 50, 60, but hasn't really changed the generation. No. Yeah. yeah. Like a him not busy being born is busy dying, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. And he's always sort of just been, you know, kind of continuing on his path regardless of what anyone told him. And he was always like that, of course, but like, no matter, regardless of what anyone told him or thought that he should do with his music or his career, he kind of, he just did whatever. He didn't, there's like that famous interview that, I don't know if it was like Dateline or something he did, but it was like, he talked about, you know, um, I think even the interviewer quoted um, It's All Right Ma or some one of those songs. And he's like, you know, and he reads the lyrics to him and Dylan, he says, you know, that was, you know. That was a moment in time. Like I don't write like that anymore. Like that was from a right. Yeah, era. yeah, yeah. yeah. It might have, I don't know if it was. Yeah, I know the one you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, like it's something. I might, a few details might be mixed up there, yeah. but I always admired that. And it's like you know, he's just saying like that was that was who I was then. Like, holy shit. Yeah, it was great. But you know, he's always kind of kept on, and he did. He he's never really given a shit about what people thought. Yeah. But and we all eat it up still, true fans. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. he's still here, so it's. That's how I feel about when people talk about Neil Young. Yeah, <laughs> right. Because all the different you know eras. There's another guy that never yeah. cared one whit about no, about no. what what, what might be popular. And generations, I'd think of like um, Alice Cooper. He mm-hmm. doesn't seem every birthday he has or album release. It's like he's still just like, oh, is it? You'll see the videos like where it's just like Cher goes down through the ages, but she's still yeah. killing it. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. So there's some folks that, you know, even if they're not like glamming it up, like maybe Dylan is, he's still just like, what's up? Yes. It, yeah. I think part of, part of that interview and, and specifically what you're talking about with that line, if I remember contextually, it was like, you know, he's obviously so ridiculously prolific. Um, but they were alluding to this this period of time, you know, in the early mid '60s when you know he was just oscillating at this in this plane that he was accessing so much so so fast, and you know, I think he was saying, "Yeah, I just I can't I don't do that anymore. I can't you know that's not where I'm 
what I'm wired plugged into or wired into. But holy shit, man! For, yeah. <laughs> for for those for those, I mean, it's continual, right? But but for those say sixty three to sixty six or something like unsustainable, obviously. But but holy cow, you can't. Who does that? You know, who, who just song after song after song after song mm. that, that were it was Shakespearean, you know. It very it very much was. Yeah. Um, the reason why you have you join us today is because you've celebrated this occasion for eleven years now mm. with mm. an event, the uh, Bob Dylan Birthday Bash, mm-hmm. and it's coming up uh, this weekend. So whoever's listening, whatever you're listening to this, so <laughs> it's Saturday, May eighth at the Imperial and it's also being streamed virtually. So everyone anywhere listening can can turn, tune in and celebrate. Um, I guess, can you tell us a little bit about the event for people who are not local to St. John? Yeah, and if you aren't local to St. John, do tune in. I'm saying this because the, um, obviously to sell tickets, but but the Imperial has really ramped up its on live stream capacity. They have a five camera shoot now. Mm-hmm. You know, with stuff overhead, and, and so it's gonna it's gonna look amazing. Sean Boyer's in charge of all of that. They're the wonderful local music genius and all around guy, Sean Boyer, and and different song, you know, the audio mix as well. So the live stream isn't just a uh, you know isn't just one one camera a- angle for for two hours. Um, it's um, it's a lot more than that. I think that's my sense of it. And and the Imperial is one of the most beautiful theaters in North America. I think you know. Um, and we know it's not his birthday this weekend, but we couldn't get the venue right. for the. Tw- it was they they approached me to do the show after after they had already committed to that hey, weekend. Listen, in a pandemic world, you take what you can that's get. That's right. It's a birthday month. celebrate. Hundred percent. Yeah. Right? So it's a birthday month. Is birthday what it month. Is. A month long yeah. celebration. Yeah, and and, uh, and this is year eleven. We missed last year, but I, I just wanted to do it. It was his sixty ninth birthday, and I thought, well, that's at the time that seemed like holy shit. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not going to be around much longer. We better sell it. And so we did. We did a thing down at the old Blue Olive, and uh, which is a club here in Saint John, a really beautiful, lovely room, and um, you know, one hundred and fifty people, and sold out. And it was incredible. You know, I remember my, my wife, um, a bunch of Sandy McKay, and a few people did. Uh, subterranean homesick blues and they actually did the the cards oh my gosh and, and sandra ended up on stage doing the cards as they say so that was a great memory of that night but it's continued on and I, you know every couple of years i change venues just to to keep it kind of fresh or something and uh but this year it's it's and it's been wild you know it's been like a four-hour show and people are going out in the parking lot and coming back in and there's tons of beer being you know and it's and it's jammed in and sweaty and bent elbows and 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 beautiful you know collisions that we can't have anymore until we're all vaccinated but um uh this this show will be a lot more genteel in a sense we were i can't have it's usually like eight eight bands or even nine Mm -hmm. and everyone does you know maybe 25 minute sets so we're down to six this time and everyone's got really shorter sets but that's okay. Right, right. Really, really happy to be doing a show with all these great players. I like that it's evolved over the years. Like starting at the Blue Olive, you know, and then all the different spots now. Like last year, it was you know didn't get to happen. This year, you know, having the Imperial, like I like that. And you know, that's the pandemic. What it's done for some, but it's also made people have to evolve what they've offered with mm-hmm. like services. And I think it's been great seeing some of what what they're doing for artists the last few months. Like I just saw <coughs> Colin Walshutz's kid play. Uh, what was it? Sanitization. The, like yeah, the song yeah. that they recorded. Oh. All the kids from, uh, from Iraq. Yeah, yeah. 
Fucking dope song. Love it. Like, I've been playing it every day. Really? I haven't so even cool heard it. To see them, and it was using all the cameras and stuff. It was awesome. And I was just like, I don't know. It's so neat to be able to see that. So, like, I'm excited to, you know, tune in and, and see kind of how the show's evolved. It, it's the future, too, right? Yeah. Because uh, this isn't, you know, once, once people can go to capacity again, there's still going to be, the, like, this technology is going to continue. And so you can watch a Bob Dylan show from Oslo yeah. here in St. John on a great live stream. You know, that, I think right. that doesn't change. Buy your ticket, right? right? Yeah, we've talked about that quite a bit the last, well, I mean, obviously yeah, since the pandemic has yeah, happened. But, yeah. I mean, we've talked about this even, like, for, for a lot of bands that we run into because... You know, they're used to when they go on a, a tour, you know, going to all the different provinces for a bunch of different places mm-hmm. just to get gas, money and food to come back and say they did a tour, which is great. Admirable. But at the end of the day, it's not paying your bills. It's not helping you produce vinyl, which is expensive or merch or anything yeah. that actually helps get you further. And I think, you know, Fish and a few other bands, Grateful Dead, like with the live streams with their tour, they know exactly as a business, they've run it very specifically. Yeah. And there's people who will go to a run of fish shows, but then they'll also buy 12 fish shows and they'll buy, buy the New Year's fish show every mm. year. Mm-hmm. So I think that there's also a, a business plan for a lot of like you know, fans sense. and artists. Yeah. And we just did a show with Laura Simpson from Side Door. And we had someone contact our page actor and said that they tuned in from Iceland to a show that Side Door put on. So, oh, yeah, so I, cool. I did a live stream yeah, with Side like Door and it was fa- fantastic. Like I had, you know, I mean, I'm just me, right? But nearly 100 people bought yeah. a ticket to little old me and my show. And, and it felt, I'm going to speak more from the perspective of yeah. not, 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 the, you know, not the audience, but just from someone who was playing the music. Like it felt connected to the people that were watching. Little banter in between the songs yeah. and uh, who's there? Oh, yeah, how you doing? You know, someone in BC or where. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a warm and, and surprisingly organic kind of feel but to it. I mean, it. most people just like everything else when you're, you know, playing music or making art or whatever. I mean, you have to pretty much do everything DIY backwards before you can, you know, <coughs> do it efficiently. And I don't know, like, when we when the pandemic first started we had had tickets to a few shows and then we saw people just going on facebook live and then the comments were well how do we how do we pay for this mm-hmm. live do you have a paypal do you have a GoFundMe? And, and a lot of bands are just saying no we don't yeah. no we yeah. don't have that so it's interesting i mean of course in bigger cities there you know there's production companies that specifically offer this as a right. service right yeah but i'm thrilled that there's a little bit of a switch because there's times when you just don't want to go out and have maybe beer spilled all over you yeah and then there's times yeah. when you want to bump into people right. and have it on you and yeah. Yeah. i like i like having both and I've, I've been noticing they're doing a lot of the plays that way live streaming everything it. will be everything yeah. i think it's great yeah. and it, it makes it easy for people who may, may not necessarily be able to get out to shows as actively or might have you know disabilities any anything it just and, makes and it easier to be connected 100 percent. Yeah, yeah it's inclusive you know i, I was thinking of dylan here and the old time, you know, the radio, the radio, you know, yes. he, it's almost like prescient that he, you know, delivering a whole different kind of side of himself through a whole yeah. different format. Yeah. Did you listen when they had um, him return on Sirius? I haven't heard that one. Oh, the Wiz, he did. Um, so, yeah. So I, I'm one of those crazy people that subscribed to Sirius XM. <laughs> and they had, uh, yeah, they had like a whole like week where they ran, uh, they re-ran all of Bob Dylan's theme time hour yeah, and the yeah. very last episode they he recorded a brand new episode about whiskey oh. to promote like his new whiskey oh there you go and it was like oh. yeah I know but we 
Anytime yeah, he wants to give us something, like he dropped, he gave us an album during a panorama. So, like, <laughs> so anyways, but it was just, it's so cool. Cause you got to hear like the way he, he did, the way he talked about stuff. And of course he has like a whole team of producers, like helping him write it and stuff like that. But it's, it was such a, it's so interesting to get that, that side of him. Whiskey. Yeah, that's right. And, and he, you know, I'm just thinking he's such a. I was talking to somebody recently about, about a guy named Jim Stewart, actually, who, who was good pals with Alden Nolan, who lives here in St. John. Um, Jim, Jim does, and really great. Used to be with um, Holland Toe, I think, the, the folk, and did the Marco Polo suite, you know, and great guy, great, really brilliant. But he was messaging me something about Dylan or something, I can't remember, and, and, uh, and Dylan was such a... A fan and was so influenced by Robbie Burns, you know, from the land of whiskey. You know, Dylan's actually got a, a one of the few honorary degrees he's accepted is from St Andrews University in Scotland because because just because of the Robbie Burns connection, you know. And, you know, <laughs> my heart's in the Highlands, you know, uh, off off a time out of mind where the I love that line where the Aberdeen waters flow. You know, you could it's so psychedelic, right? When you, you know right. <laughs> when you think about that lyric, but yeah, whiskey for sure, Bob and whiskey. Yes. Yes. Two of my favorite things. <laughs> so, yes, I don't know where we how we got on that topic. Yeah, yeah. We're talking, you brought up the radio show and then yeah, started going yeah, on. Yeah. Did you listen? <laughs> you know, speaking of, which I find kind of cool, is like, obviously radio is still in full swing, right? But mm. like podcasts are like the kind of new age, new age radio. So I kind of like how it's kind of evolved into that too. Anyways, not a crazy elaborative topic to go into, but just, a, just an observation. Just making a note. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, it doesn't, yeah. you know, like, cause even the same interviews that could happen when Bob Dylan was 30 could still be formatted the same way on radio and through podcasts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, you can give it that, uh, oh, come on out here to, you know, you can add all, whatever you want to make it feel of you know, a certain like just time. Like the interview you did this morning, right? <laughs> and then it's like podcasts in the, in the evening and but it's like all trying to reach different people, which I just, I just find interesting. So cool. Yeah. yeah I yeah. really do. De-silos us, which is good. We need it now. Is that a word? De-silo? I think, yeah, I think so. It is now. It is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Copyright that. That's the title of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Desiloing with Brent So you've been hosting this event, so it'll be for 11 years now. Um, mm-hmm. I'm kind of curious, as, as someone who's, you know, is a, mu- is a musician um, and as a huge fan of, of Bob Dylan, what's your favorite part or, or the most remarkable part to you of hosting an, of this event? Oh, boy. That's a, that's a really good question. Um, I think, yeah... I think I, I, I love the fact that the people come out, obviously, and, and to see that much enthusiasm around this insane catalog of music is it's almost like a affirmation for my own, um, you know, bizarre uh, attraction to everything that the guy has done, you know. Um, but but really, it's 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 the interpretations of the songs, you know, no one's playing these songs the way they were arranged by him you know or mm-hmm. by the producers or whatever everyone's got their own their own take on it and deli- you know because they're all you know they're most I, I'm lucky that I've been doing this long enough now that I can ask people who I know that are you know pros and really good and I can't pay them the amount of money they maybe should get but I still I make sure everyone gets paid you know but uh, they, they usually say yeah <laughs> you know so um I think what, what what amazes me is just some of the takes on things. Like a guy like Grant Heckman will just whip out some some usually a deeper cut. Right. He'll do, and he won't do it, you know, necessarily the way the you know the way you might hear it, or uh, or just the, the the courage 
of say someone like Sandy McKay that okay we're gonna do Lily Rosemary and the Jack of Hearts every verse ah! yeah, right and and, and and by the end of it the whole place is you know throwing to, it down to completely yes. amazing right and and you know I, I've alluded to this uh, this morning in the thing I did but you know probably one of the most affecting performances I've seen in the and we you know every, it's been a lot. Is uh, is Lad and Lasses, which is a St. John group, or were? I don't know if they're doing much now, but Hillary Ladd, who I'm a I'm a big fan of anyway. So they they did um, did a few things, but there's there's a cello and there's a violin and there's you know she's playing acoustic guitar and they they dug into Hurricane last right. two years ago, and I will send you. I have a recording of it. I'm gonna find. Oh yes. And and so what happened? You know. There's what three thousand verses approximately to that song or something like that, you know, and and they start off and there's that very familiar Scarlet Rivera, 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 um, fit, similar to fiddle violin part, you know, that winds through it. So they're doubling that up on cello and and and, and violin and, and and the song starts. Everyone's going, oh, it's hurricane, and the lyrics start tumbling out and there's a solo and more lyrics and. The, and we're like, well, I can't believe she's going to get there. And then she just drops the last verse, just like, Ugh. and and it was palpable in the room. It was, oh, everyone inside because it was like she was bringing the whole thing home, you know. And and then then Hillary just did something like completely spontaneous, this soliloquy, um, and it was heavy. She just the, the music continued to play, and she started to talk about. Remember, this is two years ago, and she. You know, hurricanes about a black man who was uh, unjustly charged and and imprisoned for some, you know uh, for something he didn't do, and that's kind of a theme, has been for a long time, and it's really a big deal. Black Lives Matter was really at that time was really getting um, some momentum or whatever, and uh, she just went off on you know I can't believe I'm sitting here singing this song while the music is playing, and it was just so heartfelt. Uh, 40 years after this song's written, you know, we're still having this high end. And she started to kind of cry. And the room, like, you know, I'm tearing up here just thinking about it. Everybody, it was just heavy and emotional. She finished that. They finished the she. They they finished the tune and the, the room just blew up. It was just the most wonderful, spontaneous, like, um, standing ovation I might have ever seen. You right. Know, like, and people were wiping their eyes and it was gorgeous. So... So things like that, I guess in, that's the long answer to your short question is that it's, it's all, there's always going to be, I love all the performances. People don't mail it in. People take the gig seriously. Sadie's has oh. played, you know, she's, I can't wait to see what she does this yeah. year because I, I think she's extraordinary. Me too. Yeah. I actually saw her a couple of years ago when she played the bash and it was the first yeah, one I went yeah, to. And, yeah. it, and it was before, I think we even interviewed her on the show. Mm-hmm. And I just remember, I, I forget what song it was because I had a few beers at that point. And I remember like, Running into her in the bathroom at the pub down under and being like, you would literally you run into her. Yeah, I would literally run into her. And I'm like, that was such a beautiful cover. Like, I yeah. love that rendition. And I, I can't remember what the song was, but she, that, so she was, oh. uh, you know, I kind of just, I, I knew her parents more than I knew her, and right. I was like, and I knew, you know, I knew Sadie was a musician, but when she played that, and I was like, holy shit, that that is killer you know so it's great to have her back and she's doing different songs and i think it's and i think that's probably my favorite like i you know whether it's like a you know a live show like this or in general um i always appreciate a good bob dylan cover because as you said like someone that can bring their own take to it mm-hmm. and they change the tempo or how it's arranged or how they sing it or adele the instruments make on. you feel my love yeah like it's <laughs> 
Come on. And it can totally, it changes the yeah. way you feel about the song or it brings a whole new meaning to it that you never experienced before. And I always say the same thing about like, you listen to like Bob Dylan's bootlegs, like you, um, from oh the cutting, the, yeah, the cutting edge, like his, like the up-tempo visions of Joanna. You're just like, see, I haven't heard that. Oh my goodness. I got to send you the link. Like it's so, it's, I was all came this close to doing that song this year, but I'm not going to, you're not going to No. Oh, no. next year, maybe next year. But, for sure. We're, we're down to three songs. Each right. each. But, but yeah, so, so exactly that, right. Or again, um, his, his, the, the version of idiot wind off the first bootleg series, which is, you know, slow and you can hear the buttons on his coat hitting the guitar you know and it and that's harmonica solo at the end is just it's 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 emotional yeah yeah, yeah. so 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 that yes i love that they people really work at at you know it's not competitive but no one wants to be the least right. um, remembered act or whatever that that performed that yeah. night everyone's like yeah. okay you know i'm gonna oh, yeah. you yeah. know people step it up so the monk street bluegrass band you know those guys yes yes yeah so i can't wait to see what they do because one of one of my favorite little albums of, the, of, of you know tribute albums or was it was um tim o'brien red on blonde have oh, you heard that no it's all bluegrassy kind of blue you know mandolins and fiddles and acoustic guitars and you know it, it's fantastic Really, really good. So, so uh, I had kind of had that in mind when I when I called the guys and said, "Hey, you want to do the show?" And uh, we'll see what they do. But uh, Red on Blonde, because Tim Tim O'Brien's called his nickname is Red. So. That's, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, one for you to check out. Yeah, I do feel as someone like I'm very picky about who I listen to if they're doing covers, mm-hmm. right? Like, there's some coffee shops that I'm just like, I don't need to hear. A version probably of, good for Hallelujah now. Oh yeah, <laughs> but, but, but like you know, but. if somebody said, and you're just like, wow. But what I did notice, because um, we've we've been talking a lot about like online stuff, um, like YouTube's been really interesting over the past five or ten years. I found because I don't play music, but seeing people step up and play versions of something, whether it be with different instruments, changing the tempo, mm-hmm. how it's arranged. But another one I've noticed too, and a few with Bob Dylan is TikTok really young people on TikTok oh, wow. changing things. So I don't know, like if anyone's listening, like I always sometimes just if you're looking for different versions of your favorite artist, you just type in the hashtag and then put cover after their name and you can usually find some oh, wow. interesting okay. things. Because oh, wow. a lot of times those people, I mean, having a YouTube channel and, you know, like uploading all the time, you know, it takes time and it's easier just to upload a little riff or something, people's take on it. Yeah, yeah. But I've seen a ton where I didn't, I'm not a huge fan like you guys. So I, I'd see like, a, I, I follow a few uh, women that play guitar on TikTok and sometimes they'll rip something and all of a sudden it's like Bob Dylan. And I'll only know because it's like the hashtag. Right. Which, which makes, you know, for some reason, now we're really deviating here, but a lot of like, it feels like there's a lot of women who cover Dylan. Which is really, really interesting to me that 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 his songs. You know, uh, do you, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, it, yeah. it's it's usually you know you're not going to see a lot of women. I mean, you'll hear someone do you know a, a Springsteen cover, a mm-hmm. woman occasionally. You know, hey little girl, is your dad? You know, something like that. But yeah. but um, Dylan's got a lot of women. You know, like Joan Baez for you know. I mean, she you know almost I mean, like an out she cre- Dylan on some she, of uh, absolutely, her Dylan covers. Absolutely, absolutely. Like, oh my gosh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's I'm not a musician myself, so like I can't attest to this. But I think there's something about Dylan's songwriting that it's it's he touches on such universal topics and feelings and, and moments that I think 
you know, of course, like he writes from, you know, a male perspective a lot, you know, I mean, and some of his songs, that's, it's apparent, but I yeah. feel like it, it no matter like who you are, like, I think you, it, you can relate to it. it it's like, it's and the love prophecy songs, in a sense, right? You know, the, I mean, there's something, the universality of, of, of the idea of, you know, romantic love or, 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 or yeah, or love that is just gone, you yeah. know, and, and. Again, I just you know reference Adele. Uh, no one would even know that Dylan wrote that song. No mm-hmm. one would have a clue, and that was a pretty good song for her. You know, to, so there's something about the writing that transcends gender in terms of how he's he's doing it. I don't know what that is necessarily, but mm-hmm. I sure wish I could figure it out because <laughs> I would do a lot more oh, of it genius. myself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if this is the the segment in our podcast where we go real deep, I mean, I think. I notice it seems to be a lot of folks that really appreciate poetry and writing, mm-hmm. and it's maybe a different approach to the music than just playing music. That's what it seems to the like the women that I know that play music or play like Dylan or. That and maybe kind of- maybe that's even again almost going back, flipping that and say maybe that's just who who is really the big Dylan fan in general. Yeah. You know, is 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 someone who's got a sense of word word play or word the value of words and that you know and the yeah. value of you know context and 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 you know i'm just the I, i'm off again but uh, so dylan played here in 97 did mm-hmm. you go to that show i was not i was five so that was before Jeez. i was in line you should have been there how am i so old Jeez. so we you know there's a big lineup at harbor station first time bob dylan's come to new brunswick and he's doing like three shows in moncton fredericton but the first one was saint john and I'm like, um, so I'm driving by, the, and there's a lineup the night before. This is back when people used to line up for concert tickets. Right? There's a lineup already, and it's like 5 in the afternoon. I'm like, I know the guy's second in line. I'm like, that's Jason Roy. Nice. And I booted so I, I, up to the hey, liquor store. Well, I got to, went to the liquor store and bought a bottle of scotch and came back in line. I said, Jason, I know you're going to be here overnight. Take this and get me a couple of tickets. And so we had second row center. And and I know Jason's up in Kitchener Waterloo now, and uh, and so Sandra and I are there, and the, the, it's a, it was a killer killer show. I've seen him maybe a dozen times, and I've seen him really suck, yeah. and I've seen great shows. This was the best show, uh-huh. and uh, so he's going into Simple Twist of Fate, and I'll never forget. I know, and I'll never forget it though, because my wife's a huge Bob Dylan fan too. That really helps around the house, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> And he goes into Simple Twist of Fate, and like any good performer, or any performer, occasionally it's good to lock into somebody in the crowd, and just, and he's looking right at Sandra, right, right at her, singing, like, I swear, this is not bullshit. Yeah. Solid two minutes, he sang that to her, and she's... I'd be passed out. Oh, well, she, the, you know, the tears, and I was, I was, you know, half like, you get your fucking eyes off my wife, you know, I'm joking. But, I just be like, take no. her. Yeah, yeah, no, no. <laughs> No, yeah. but, t- but take me first. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can Whatever. we, can we, you know. Yeah, you know? Into it. <laughs> so, so a real moment though, a true, yeah. it was a true oh. thing that happened and it, it just, she, she was in, she was, wasn't even there. You know, she was just like this. I, I, I could, I was watching the two of them. Yeah. It was extraordinary. Awesome. It was great. So great. That is fucking magical. It was. It really was. Never happened again. Never, never, never would, you know, never thought it would. She, she was in, um, when, when she's from St. John, but when they were 16, her parents, her father was from England and he would send his, when they turned 16, they'd go live with, spend the summer in England with, with his family. Her cousin picks her up at the airport and, uh, 
said, look, uh, you know, because we're not going, we're going to spend the night in London and then go up to Sunderland because, the, the, you know, there's a concert tonight. I hope you don't mind Bob Dylan. And she had already, like, she was already a huge fan. She was like, she goes to the Bob Dylan show. He had these killer seats and they were two, like there was a separation and then two seats. Stevie Wonders, like 10 feet from her to the right, watching the Bob Dylan show. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was her first show in, in wow. London. Yeah, oh, in England, wow. you know. So she yeah, so. Sandra, if you're listening, <laughs> you're next on the show. Thank you so much. I just want to interview her specifically of like how she felt when Bob Dylan was locking eyes with her because yeah. I. Those blue eyes, eh? Those are some pretty cool experiences to, to have over time. Too, yeah. Like the first show and then to have that experience at Harbor Station. Like that's I, I, used to, I used to live in Victoria. I'm trying to take it away from her now and get back on me here. Um, <laughs> but I, I ended up getting, I was a gardener and I just started being a musician. So I was a gardener. I got this gig outside of Victoria. These, these were wealthy people um, from New York. And uh, her, 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 the woman had they've gotten she got her money because her dad had been worked for dow chemical and had been that guy that had made ddt a worldwide thing you know so mm-hmm. they yay <laughs> so they had all the money and her husband martin was a was a jewish guy from new york and uh, used to jam with dylan in the village in the early 60s yeah. right and so so they knew bob and Bob was coming to Victoria, and I was going to a show, and we were talking. I was working for them, you know. I worked three days a week there for like a year or two, and uh, and she said, "Oh man, uh, yeah, I'm not going to go to the show, you know." But uh, she she said, "I haven't even seen Bob since about '75," and she was she's a writer, you know. She's sitting there among all these plants in her little studio. She goes, "70? Yeah, I think it was '75. I was I was living in Hawaii, and Bob was in Hawaii, and uh, and." Uh, Oh, man, he gave me the best acid I've ever done in my life. I haven't seen him since. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. just a little, a little thing, you know. Yeah, that's so cool. I've seen, I've seen him three times. Three times? Yes, I saw him three times. Yeah. And first time was the one in two thousand and eight, I believe it was. Here? Everyone, yeah, that yeah, was terrible. I was front row, and that was a flatline boy. Oh, yeah. I but I was the. But you were at a Bob Dylan show, so about, you didn't care. Yeah, I was, for, I was four rows behind, so I was not far behind you. Mm-hmm. And I was in hysterics. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I was so excited to just... I couldn't believe he was there. Yeah. And yeah. Um, my friend and I, at the time, we made... Uh, she made... She worked at Michael's, and I remember calling her... <laughs> I remember calling her at the, her cash register set, saying that we got these tickets. And anyway, she made foam fingers, like black foam fingers that had Bob on one side and Dylan on the other. And we brought them to the show. And uh, No one else had those at the no show. No one else had the, them at the show. And uh, yeah, but I just remember like, it, it was objectively having seen him other times since. It was not a great show. But for me... It was just, um, you know, it was my first time seeing him. Yeah, right? yeah. Guy, they say it was no Stevie Wonder. It was right. <laughs> so, but it was. I feel like that was, you know, my well, except the last. I'd say that would, was my favorite time. And then when I saw him a couple of years ago in in Portland, um, and I've told the story on the show before. So people listening, if you don't want to hear it, too bad, just skip ahead. Um, <laughs> but I, um, we were. It was at Thompson's Point, and. Um, Brandon Hicks, our friend Brandon Hicks, uh, him and I went up and um, we just had grass seats, like whatever. It was a last minute trip, like it was mm-hmm. cool. And it was like right after his Sinatra album came out. So I was reading the set list and like it wasn't the classic Dylan a lot of people expected. 
Um, but anyways, we were like having a time chilling on the grass and at the end, near the end of it, um, we don't, well, actually during the whole show, people were walking out because like it wasn't, you know, what they, they, wasn't playing wanted. What they wanted, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And, which was, you know, disappointing, like heathens. Um, but they, yeah, at the end of it, uh, there was a standing area and, um, he's like, well, near the end, do you just want to go up and stand and, you know, check it out? I'm like, sure. So we go and we stand, we're standing there and the encore happens and it's blowing in the wind and people, the people in front of us broke through, like, the, <laughs> well, they just kind of walked, started walking over the, the <coughs> rope where the seated area people are, the people that paid for the fancy seats and they just started going, you know, going to the front and then like he, Brandon's looking at me being like, and I'm like, so he just grabs my arm and drags me down. So here we are, front, literally front of the row of the stage, like the bar's right here. And after he plays Blowing in the Wind, he plays another song. I forget what it was because I was stunned. Um, <laughs> and he goes and he stands at the mic. So he's like standing and performing. He's right there. I'm like, holy shit. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, and he, at the end of it, when he was done, he like stands and he like stood there and then he looked at the group of us <laughs> and like the light on his face. And he was just sort of, I don't know, like, I don't know if it was disappointment or uh, amusement. amusement. Maybe. Like he just was just like, and I'm like, oh my God, he looked in my direction. <laughs> no, imagine if he locked eyes with me while yeah, singing Trip, Simple yeah. Trist of Fate. But I, I had a really, it, it was tough to, uh, to step up to the plate for a few weeks after, after that experience. Hey, um, hey honey. Sandra, hey, you want to, you know, hey, I, she's a, uh, you're, you're dead to be man. Yeah, <laughs> I remember like after that experience, like we, we, we went and we were parked in the car and I remember calling my parents like crying, being like, oh my God, we got to the front row. We got to the front yeah. row because I never got to the front row. Like I was like fourth row or whatever that first yeah. time. Second time we were in Bangor and we were a ways back but this time I unexpectedly got to the front row like it was meant to happen so yeah. I always told myself because when he came that time in 2008 I was like 16 and my parents of course would never let me camp out like because there was people camping out for, for tickets yeah. and even for that one even yeah. for that one yeah. and I, I had an in oh, <laughs> jealous yeah, but, yeah at the time but I always I'm telling myself if he come if he decides to bless us with another visit to St. John I will be I'll be camping out I'll well, maybe I'll see, you know, if we can all just sit together. Like maybe he'll camp. remember Sandra and then you can join there in we and go. look at all. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm in, yeah. I never cared uh, uh, that much about, about um, you know, being blown away by a show. I just want to be there. Yeah, it's and it's a, it was always a bonus. That, 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 first, that first time here in St. John was, um, was definitely the best show I've seen. But I, I, you know, I've seen him in New York, seen him in the West Coast, seen him in you know, lots of different places. And mm-hmm. it's, but again, it's, it's, that's great. But it's the, it's the fucking records. You know? It's the records for me that, that they just, as soon as you drop the needle, or the metaphorical needle, on, uh, on Blood on the Tracks... There, you're. That's 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 a complete thing that you are accessing. That that um, for some bizarre reason, you know, it uh, it just resonates just just deeply, deeply, deep, deeply with me. Like the, yeah, you know yeah. those you know those songs. It was. I'm wearing. I'm wearing my blood on the tracks hoodie right now. You are. Yes. Yeah. I didn't even notice. I remember that. it was the anniversary. Well, 
Oh, and you're wearing. I've, oh I've got. A, I've got. The, my cousin got this at a show in Toronto and bought it for me. That's so it cool. It's the lyrics for for these of you on the podcast. It's a the stuck inside a mobile. Oh, mama, can this really be the end? That you know. Yes. Yeah. That's right. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, but the thing with blood on the tracks, who was it? It was a uh, Neil Bonner, our friend Neil Bonner. Um, yeah, Neil's, and, uh, Neil's great. He's great. What a, um, what a quirky, weird man. And he's he also <laughs> yeah, he's also been a previous guest on the podcast. Anyone wants to go back and listen to our episode with him? But I was wearing this hoodie once, and I think it was at your barbecue, Kate. And he was like, "Oh, blood on the tracks," and he's like, he's like. If that's your favorite Dylan album, he's like, you know, people like that's whoever's their, that's their favorite Dylan album is like they've been through some shit. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's what he said. Hundred percent, right? And I'm like, that is so. Yeah. Have true. you ever had a completely devastating, soul destroying? I'm never gonna get out of this thing alive. Breakup. Yeah. There's your there's your record. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's that that's it. And there's some like a, a whole as a whole piece on its own like experience like mm. side a side b side is it's incredible but then there's like the individual songs on it like tangled up in blue like who hasn't had a relationship or a, an affair of some sort that was tangled up in blue or a simple twist of fate Stop talking about me all <laughs> <laughs> right Jeez, do, do, so do you know you know that 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 the title I only know this because i read it somewhere in some biography it might have been Joni mitchell's biography that he wrote that it's called Tangled Up in Blue because he spent a weekend completely immersed in blue. Joni Mitchell's album. Oh, interesting. And that's where that song came was was came out of. He was breaking up with Sarah and he was into blue. Was playing it and playing it. Well, playing it, it definitely has some because yeah. I have blue too. <clears throat> yeah. And that's it. Definitely has some blue vibes. Like yeah, it's, yeah. It is very bluish. Yeah, well, blue is about a breakup. Breakup too, you know, exactly. That, you know, so, so so it's yeah. Like, so little trivia, little Dylan trivia there. We for love it. it. Yeah. Where do you know? I like that. Yeah, no, I, I never heard. I don't think I ever heard that. I I'm did, surprised because you read her her biography. No, I actually got a few chapters. It's one of those books that I started reading and oh. then stopped halfway through. It's on my shelf. But yeah, don't you love them in the uh, in the uh, the the Rolling Thunder Netflix thing? The jo- man, Joni and Bobby there. The just... Coyote oh, performance, sh- like when she's singing Coyote, like she. <clears throat> Like that's one of her, I think in my opinion, one of her best songs, and it's, oh, it's and it's her writing it. Like you're hearing her jam, like in with real, her time, buds, her, real time, real time, yeah. like working the lyrics out for yeah. the first time. And that's about Sam Shepard, Sam Shepard, who and... wrote Brownsville Girl with Dylan. Yes, right. Yes. Which is which is the only good song on that knockout loaded album. But what a <laughs> song, you know? Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> It's 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 so cool. Like I love I love that documentary. That's the best performance that you'll ever see of Dylan too, right? I'm cutting it. I don't mean to interrupt, oh, no. but that's the best live Dylan you, you'll Pope ever Dylan you'll is ever. The best Dylan. Oh, it's he's like this maniacal Southern acid soaked, uh, you know, carnival barking preacher, you know, by, by a tent in some alleyway. How's that for mixing up some metaphors? That, no, but it's so um, accurate. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, extraordinary. I yeah. always did. You find though, like. When half of the the, mock, the mockumentary, yeah, the mo- it's literally a mockumentary. When, when Sharon Stone rolled in there, I was yeah, going, that's what I, was like, I don't know yeah. about this one, but like I was I totally. To, I messaged you and I was just like, I'm trying to learn for you because I love you <laughs> and I want to know your world. And I was like, I'm watching this, and she was like, Okay, here's what you need to watch first, and then watch this, and then this is really just like a, a mockumentary. And I was yeah. Like, okay, okay. It was. Yeah. I was like, Sharon's, maybe I'm missing something. Yeah. When Sharon Stone came into it, we're like. I watched it. I watched it with my uh, other uh, Dylan fanatic, uh, my friend Jeremy, and we watched it together. And then that part came up, and we we're like, and then he messages me the next next morning. He's like, 
you know what I think? Most of it's bullshit. And then I looked it up and Rolling Stone put out a story being like, what's yeah. true and what's they false. They were having some fun. But it was, I think, which is the most Bob Dylan thing to have for yeah. Bob Dylan to do, yeah. which is, yeah. it, it was great. Um, one thing I wanted to talk to you about too, because there was a pandemic, but he put out a whole goddamn record. Did he ever? During the pandemic, which blew me away on so many levels. What are your thoughts? Tell me everything. Tell um, me your feelings. I, I, <clears throat> the first thing that I listened to, and I, I think I'd seen you make a couple of posts about oh. it in social media. You know, I was going to fuck. Well, I'm not going to just throw this on. I'm going to give this the proper yeah. love and attention it needs. So I, I actually got a little, you know, little edge on there, and then uh, went into my room. Had a I poured a speaking of whiskey, and I, you know, it was probably one in the morning, and no one was home, and I, I put that thing on, and I just rolled with it. Um, and it, I, it, it's, uh, <clears throat> I, I don't even have the words to be honest to, to describe how how all encompassing that thing felt to me. It just seemed to be the voice of of something that's no longer here, but is still speaking about it. If that you know, it was, it was this other otherworldly kind of delivery of of of, of what is and what was. Somehow, you know, I, I didn't try to, I didn't try to, to analyze it, you know, in terms of a conspiracy theories, for example, because there's enough of that shit going on. But, but um, I, I, I think I just got swept away in, in, in his capacity or his ability to, uh, to follow the threads exactly to the right place where they need to go without, without, it's a, it was, it's almost like a, this slow, languorous, uh, heroin-infused rap song, in a way, or something to me, you know. That, and, and I contain multitudes. Is the other one from that? That that is, yeah. uh, you know, um, yeah. Uh, you're, 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 you know, he's digging into into the the heart of uh, of you know Judeo-Christian spirituality and 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 the space-time continuum and and just existence, you know, and and. You know what? You know how 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 big of a satellite dish do you have to take to grab everything? You know? And so yeah, uh, yeah, shit. <laughs> yeah, it was, and I think the fact that it came out because I recall it came out literally a week in New Brunswick here into lockdown. I remember, mm-hmm. and it was perfect, just right? it, yeah, it was just it was so perfect because it felt like the world was ending. In a weird way, you know, stopping, or stopping. Yeah, yeah, stopping. Yeah, stopping. That's yeah. a better way to describe it. Yeah. And a song like "Murder Most Foul," you're just like, it was emotional. Like yeah. I think, and I know a lot of people that I sent it to who weren't even fans, like got emotional and cried. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? Oh no! And thank like, you for that, right? Like thank you for making us feel something when you didn't know what you're even supposed to feel necessarily, right? Because yeah. this, this is also so bizarre now but uh right. and fuck it's shakespeare you know it, it, it's it's every bit every bit of relevance that shakespeare had to his time in terms of you know cataloging whatever the human experience is politically and and you know in terms of love and in terms of you know loss and it's all here in, in this uh in this you know this he's in he's a fucking alien you know no for sure and I just, I just loved how, and I know you watched this, you mentioned this, how you watched this play on Facebook, like that song came out and then Murder Most Foul came out 
And that was like a whole, like that was deep as hell too, but like more on a personal level. Or that contained multitudes. Oh, contain, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 and then um, False Prophet came yeah, out, and people were like, "Is he putting out an album? Like, is he is he is he dropping an album right now during a global <laughs> pandemic? Is he doing this for us?" And lo and behold, they, they, he announced it that he was. And didn't he sell his catalog too? Yeah, he recently he sold his catalog. What do you guys think about that? I say he can kind of do whatever he wants. He's looking after his kids, you know, and grandkids. looking after his family, and 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 you know, Neil Neil Young did the same thing, but yeah. maintained a slight majority control over. I think where some yeah. of that stuff can be can be used, but yeah, it's yeah, he can do whatever he wants. Yes. <laughs> My cousin asked me. He said, "What do you think? Is uh, what do you think Dylan's catalog? What do you think would be worth more? You know, and I don't even care." Like, so he got like 500 million Canadian dollars or something for his catalog of music or whatever. And my, and my cousin said, you know, who do you think is worth more, the Beatles or Dylan? And I said, oh, obviously the Beatles catalog is going to be worth more because it was more popular. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I, I still marvel at how this skinny little guy you know you know i can't remember who had the quote you know i don't know there's something about dylan man he can't play and he can't sing but he's right there i can't remember who <laughs> yeah. said that you know how this guy you know um he might not be you know people i hate his voice or i hate this or i hate that and but there's no one more kind of universal in a way you know in terms of who gets referenced and who gets who gets aped or copied who gets you know, you can hear it everywhere. It's, just, it's, it's uh, even, you know, I mean, I'm not going to, don't get me, I'm not saying Dylan's a rapper because I'm surrounded by a lot of rap from one of my kids. And <laughs> he hears this and go, oh, well, you dad, you're an asshole. Hey, 2021 still young. You never yeah, know what yeah. to give you, buddy. You but, but, you know, sub, subterranean homesick blues is absolutely, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just, it's just riffing on, uh, on things, you know. Anyway, and. Yeah. Or well, we, we can always. I could go on literally. I, I could keep you here until like then midnight. We, then we need whiskey. Then we would totally <laughs> we, dig we the whiskey. Whis- People, watch the live stream. Go to the Imperial watch the live Theater. Theater. Buy go, your tickets. Buy your tickets and support. And uh, and it's going to be a great show. Absolutely. Yeah. Everything will be linked in the blog and in the show notes. So you have no excuses. None. Brent, thank you so much. Thank, no, thank you, so you guys. Much. This is. A, yeah, we're going to do it again. We're going to do this again. <laughs> yeah, we're going to. Hopscotch whiskey night. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Strange note, note to self. Yeah. 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 Thanks again, Brent. Keeping it strange. If you've enjoyed this, then you have to hit strangegrooves.com for more amazing content. To support this podcast and music community, go to patreon.com slash strangegrooves. As always, keep it strange.